3: What's up, fellas? Notebook wagering. We are back. I am sitting across from the boys, J.K.M., Cam, Maddie, Nails, and Smitty. What are you guys up to? We have a beautiful, sunny evening. You know, this is the last weekend before we have a slate of football. I am pumped. What about you, boys?
0: I'm a, I'm really excited. Um, so I actually have a fun, kind of a funny story. So did some bets yesterday. Tweeted out to you guys, and I was getting my ass stomped. Got Up this morning, was a little tired. So we had a big party to go to. I'm getting ready, we're gonna go to brunch. I checked my account on my uh Rivers app and I was like, Wait a second, how am I back to even? I totally forgot I bet some uh UFC fights last night and hit everyone I bet, so it got me right back to even. So I was like, ah, No big deal, <laughs> hey, you'll take that, yeah,
3: win. Smitty J. Cam, what's how you feeling?
4: Uh, I've started off with the uh, other football, the kind from Europe. Uh, gave out some plays today for you guys. We, we made money, but we didn't make enough money. We actually were on the right side of the Wolves game, but uh, we're not rewarded. So uh, that's filling in until we get college football back next
2: weekend. So, Yeah, I gave out, man. Did I take a hit over the weekend? I've been killing them Major League Baseball. and Man, a little cold streak, but that happens. Gave out best bet today, which was the Brewers over the Nats, which was a big winner. Pushed the Chris Archer game in Tampa against the White Sox, and then the Blue Jays. Man, I got to get off the Blue Jays; they're just not doing it for me. I think they got twice. I think over the weekend, I got, I got the, I did a teaser uh, under today in the NFL too. First game under, and this second game, and it's looking okay. I didn't put it out because I kind of got busy, but. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, let's get after it. I'm ready to hit the other side. We have another great guest coming on with us and ready to hit ACC football after it. So let's get after it.
3: Yeah, like Smitty said, we're going to hit the A. Uh, so you guys held down a fort when I was in Atlantic City uh this past week. You guys knocked out the ACC Coastal. We're going to finish off the ACC Atlantic uh today. But before we get into that, we have a awesome guest. It's a, uh, a family guest, I would say, a family friend guest. Um Smitty's, you know, very near and dear to this uh this this guest. So Smitty, take the lead on this one, bud.
2: Yeah, we're excited here at Notebook Wagering um for our next guest. This is a Philzberg Legend, Maryland Terrapin and two-time Pro Bowler with the Oakland Raiders. We welcome John Condo. What's up, John? How are you doing? What's up, Smitty? How y'all doing? We are great. John, <laughs> we're so excited to have you on. So again. I've known this family for a very long time. This just is, I'm going to call, I mean, this stud, this is stud out of Phillipsburg. And this guy again, just in high school, just dominated a lot of career records at Phillipsburg football was a running back. I think he was close to about 3000 yards career Um, tackling machine. First team, all state played in the big 33 classic and by the way, after football season, his senior year, all he did guys was he just went to the wrestling mat and won the state heavyweight championship at 275. And then, you know, in the spring, all he did then was just was an all state selection in baseball as a catcher. So my first question, so he was, you know, he just kind of dominated. My question is, John, and we're going to dive into the recruiting process out of Phillipsburg with you, but. Th- Did you ever, when you were getting recruited, did you look and go, I want to play multiple sports at a school? Did that ever cross your mind or was it just, okay, it's football or I can go
1: play football and maybe wrestle or play baseball? Did that ever cross your mind? You know, coming out of high school, it never really crossed my mind. It was always one sport. And and I, going into my senior year, I I had no idea what sport it was. Growing up as a kid, I thought I was always going to play baseball. And then wrestling came along, I, I started having a lot of good success in wrestling and I had some opportunities to wrestle in college, Thought maybe wrestling could have been it. And then I think when it came down to everything, I I said to myself, you know, I, cause I, I had the opportunity to play baseball or wrestle or play football in college. I just said, you know, when I'm 30 years old, can I, you know, put on a baseball glove or a helmet and still play baseball. Yeah, you can. There, there's those summer leagues, you know, with, with the old timers or whatever you can still play baseball when you're, when you're 30 years old, you can you literally can. When I'm 30 years old, can I get on, put on some wrestling shoes and be on a wrestling mat and still wrestle? Yeah, you, you can still wrestle. You can be a wrestling coach. There's open tournaments and, and all that stuff. But when you're 30 years old, there's really not that many opportunities, especially in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania to put on a football helmet uh, and play football. Unless you just wanted to put a football helmet on and go hit a tree or something like that. There's really no opportunities to play football at age 30. So I was like, you know what, that like that's what I'm going to do. I, I want to go and prolong my career because if football and as a kid, you know, I had a dream of playing in the NFL. But um, so I went to college and and I thought, you know, there could be, a, a, you know, a, an opportunity to play at the next level. And, and if it didn't happen after college, then. I'd be what, 22, 23 years old out of college with a, hopefully with a degree. And, and if I wanted to play baseball, I could join a baseball league or if I could be, I could be a, a wrestling coach and then and still still put on the shoes and, and wrestle. And that's kind of what made my decision to be a football player at the next level uh, at the D1 school at, of University of Maryland. And um, that, that's what, what this, basically what the deciding factor was for me uh, and choosing, you know, uh, you know, my college education and, and my college career and, and being a, uh, an athlete.
2: So, so John, one more, then I'm going to let the boys jump in. So I was trying to tell them, thinking back, um, you know, you ended up at Maryland and we'll get to that here in a second, but what was some of the final schools? I believe off the top of my head, BC was kind of in the mix there for you, but can you just kind of go into that
1: so, yeah, BC, I know Syracuse, a lot of big East schools, uh, Rutgers that, that were looking to me. I, I was very fortunate, you know, coming out of a small town of Pennsylvania, the same recruiting class, basically, year 2000, um, State, State College, State High had a really good team, Larry Johnson, um, or Tony Johnson, I should say. Larry Johnson's little brother. Tony Johnson was a D1 recruiter. He ended up playing at Penn State. They had a kicker, uh, Penn, or State College had a, a kicker that was a big, heavy, heavily recruited athlete at uh, a high school. And I was very fortunate for those guys. So when these college recruiters would fly into Penn State or State College Airport, they would pick up the local newspaper and say, oh, there's this kid right 20 minutes away john condo so they just get in the car and so I was very fortunate, you know that there's some good area kids that are being recruited as well. Um, football wise, you know I had letters from a lot of places, you know, but the big schools, you know BC Syracuse Rutgers Maryland Penn State wanted me to walk on Ohio State wanted me to walk on and. I, I could tell you a funny story. I, my my junior year, uh, I you know I, I grew up big Penn State fan. Twenty minutes from Penn State, and Jay Paterno came over to come talk to me, give me this the pitch of uh, how great it is to be a Penn State Nittany Lion. And I remember him saying, "John, you know, like how would you feel, you know, next year running out in front of one hundred and eight thousand people." Uh, you know, screaming fans, you know, all chanting, you know, P- Penn State or you know PSU or blue and white or whatever they chant, and I was like, man, that'd be awesome. Like, you think I could do that after my Friday night games? Because I'm only a junior. And Jay, like, he literally, like, it just was a big, like, he's like, man, I thought you were a senior this year, and it just was a big turnoff. And and for that point, it didn't like turn me off from Penn State. I mean, I, I'm still the Lion fan. I, I still fall but at that point i i was like man i i made me realize like i got to get out of this area you know <laughs> like just to give me some independence give me away from a small town i knew if i would have went to penn state i probably would have been home every weekend you know hitting the chuck-a-lock wheels um, <laughs> and, 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 hey, and we've all done on. that john there's yeah. nothing to be embarrassed about that yeah But, but it's, it's, I mean, I've been just very grateful and and I don't know if it's luck or what, but, you know, I just made really good decisions in my life and it's all worked out for me.
3: Don, when you were being recruited, uh, so one, I'm I'm assuming the fridge came in and and spoke with you and two is uh, like, what, what were you being recruited as? So obviously you played uh, all sides of the ball, special teams, offense and defense. So what were they kind of wanting you to come in as, or what was the speech, you know, kind of long story short?
1: Yeah. So uh, when, when I was getting recruited by Maryland, uh, Ralph region was not there yet. It was Ron Vanderland who, who, who later became a linebacker coach for Penn state. Um, at the time the recruiting coordinator up in that area or recruiting coach in, in the central Pennsylvania area, his name was Danny Rocco, who his family's from state college. His, his brother played on uh, a pretty good team. Mike McQuarrie was the quarterback. My cousin was on that team, uh, state high and um he came up and i remember him watching me wrestle you know at the end of my junior year maybe or, or i remember him watching me wrestle like senior year when i had some really big matches and i just had a really good connection with him uh, with the coach and at the time i'd visit and i was like you know what i really like maryland like this is acc football all grass um, you know, it's not, obviously it's not Big Ten or, or anything like that, but it's still ACC football. Florida State at the time, like 2000, early 2000, or late 90s, I mean, they they were obviously always in the top five, you know, maybe top 10 uh, in the nation, and uh, I, I just like, this is a great opportunity, and it was a way for me to get away, but I was still only three and a half hours away from my hometown, so it made me you know, I I had to get away, and um, it, it it just I I think the the coaches look, uh, the recruiting coordinator at the time was Mike Loxley, who's the head coach now at Maryland, who's unbelievable, great great recruiter. Uh, he's a DC guy, so he's he's keeping all those DC uh, Maryland guys at home right now. And uh, but I I just wanted I don't know I I just like I remember watching watch I went down to a couple games and I just liked. I remember one game Lamont Jordan was a junior then he went off on like for like 350 yards versus Virginia last game of the year my junior when I was a, a junior uh or yeah yeah or no that was I was my senior year in high school but I just remember seeing that and that's just being down in College Park the proximity to D.C. and Baltimore it being only three and a half hour drive from my hometown I'm like This is a very, very good school and 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 a great uh, you know opportunity for myself. And uh, I I was recruited as a linebacker. I never long snapped in my life. And and I played offense and defense. I punted in high school. I kicked. And I they recruited me. You know I they asked me what I wanted to do. I was like I I I don't care. I just want to play. Like so they're like well. like we could use you on the defensive side of the ball. So I became a lot, a linebacker down there and I redshirted my first year. Uh I needed to gain some weight. I needed to gain some strength in the weight room. And, and it was funny because my freshman year, when I was redshirting, there's my sweet su- all my my suite mates, they're all freshmen. And one of the guys, he was a he was a long snapper, he was a freshman. He would travel with team because he was the only he was the backup. Now he he didn't burn his red shirt, and then, uh, then until later on in the year he had to burn it. And then there's a senior that just graduated um, after that year. And I remember we came into our, the spring semester when I was still red shirt, and obviously after football season, and we we're all his off season. And it was that spring semester that freshman that I was living with he fell out of school, and our team was literally without a long snapper like. We had a guy that just graduated. We had a freshman that just fell out and they had literally no one. So we're, I was going in the summer session and they said, who can long snap? And I said, well, my brother Kurt did it at IUP, which is a D2 school in Pennsylvania. And he had some looks in, in the NFL and, you know, here, let, let, try it out. So I, they're like, well, you could do it. You could get it back there 15 yards. Just keep practicing it over the summer and we'll see where we're at when, when two days come up. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool with me and um whatever i could do to get on the field and so i practiced all summer you know i was down there for summer school and and two days came up training camp or uh summer summer uh summer camp came up and they're like her kondo let's see what you got cuz we still don't have anyone we have some guys that have been practicing with you but and i was the best person who could get back there and uh, most consistently as well and they're like you're a guy this is like you know Four weeks before opening day versus uh, North Carolina, like, you're a guy. I'm like, okay, that's awesome because I'm going to get on the field. I'm so stoked. I'm excited. And uh, go through camp, you know, we have a really good kicker, some good punter, uh, really good uh, uh, punter and some good kickers. Uh, I'm just stoked because I'm, I'm playing D1 football. I'm on the field, you know, redshirt freshman, opportunity to play four years now. Like, this is awesome. And then first week came, played. I remember Julius Peppers lined up over top of me on, on field goal. And that was like, <laughs> welcome, you know, to college football. And not that like, he was obviously a, a phenom, you know, on the basketball court, but also on the football field, but just like everyone knowing Julius Peppers lined up in the A gap. That was to me like, wow. Like, Holy, cow. <laughs> Holy cow. <you> know? <laughs> so, um, Fortunately, we, we won that game and, and we went on a rule like four or five games in a row we won. But I remember around week four or five, I remember talking to my dad and, and I said, dad, like, I don't like this. Like, I'm a specialist. I'm hanging out with these punters and kickers who are head cases. <laughs> like, I'm a football player. I need to be hitting someone like these, 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 these nut jobs. Like, I can't like they're not my friends you know these players kickers, like, they're not my friends like and and they because i was the only snapper they wouldn't allow me to play defense at all they they're like not even scout team like you can't get hurt we do not have anyone to, to back you up if you get hurt we are screwed and uh and i remember talking to my dad i go i want to transfer i i'm not enjoying this like like i get 10 15 snaps a game and you know 10 minutes of practice and then I'm on the sideline with the kickers. Like this is not fun for me because i coming from playing three sports in high school. Like I was used to being so active. I'm like, I don't care. I want to transfer. I was like, I'll, I'll play D3 baseball, D3 wrestling, like D3 football. I just want to play. I need to do something. And uh, my father, you know, he was, you know, pretty wise man. Like my biggest mentor in my life. I've always looked up to to him and he just said, John, you know what? you know, this is obviously your decision, but I just need to remind you that when you, you know, when you first started talking to Maryland, you, you signed a four-year commitment to them and they, the coaches and the university themselves signed that same paper. That's called a contract. And and you signed that paper. And like, if it was me, like I would feel obligated to, to, to fulfill that, that duty that you, you signed. And, so that commitment that he reminded me of it just stuck in the back of my mind and I said, you know what like if there's one thing that you taught me is being true to yourself and, and being true to the family and and, and the, uh, what that last name on the back of your jersey really means and and it just stuck with me and, and I was like, you know what you're right you know it's quit being selfish it's not about me it's more about the team and that's kind of like allowed me to finish the rest of that first year of playing and and I was promised by the coaches like hey once we get a backup you'll be able to play defense so I was like oh that's great okay finally get give me a backup please give me a backup please and finally they got me a backup but at that time they brought in Sean Merriman and he was the same, unfortunately in <laughs> the same position as me so I backed him up so I really the only reps I got were in practice and then uh some some uh garbage cleanup time you know my junior senior year but it was it was fun and. Ralph Friesian came in and, uh my first year and he was just like, probably after the first year, he just looked at me, you know, in his golf cart after practice, watching me do up downs. he was like, Hondo, you can make a lot of money doing this someday. And literally I would my eyes at him. Like, you have no idea <laughs> with a word in there, what you're talking about. Like you old man, like get away from me. You know, like you're making me like do all these up downs right now because our times are slow and, and, uh, but I mean, he, he was right it, before long, my, my senior year came along and there's coaches coming in every week to watch me snap. And I'm like, I was like, holy cow, this is an opportunity that yeah, like, it's a reality. It could be a reality. So, um, that in a nutshell fart, you know, like that was my college, uh, you know, without talking about some parties and all that kind of stuff, but that was, that was my college career, you know, playing long snap. I long snap 50 straight games, not getting hurt, I had a bunch of tackles. Played some garbage time and defensive end and uh, uh, outside linebacker and had a, had a good time at the University of Maryland.
3: John, real quick before I don't want to get off too much of a tangent, but there's something that kind of stuck out with me when you just spoke. You know your dad's comments when you were thinking about transfer, and I wish not only your dad but other parents and other players nowadays. I wish they had that same mentality of like you you committed here. You know now it's. I feel like there's free agency in college football and, and to hear you say like, Hey, that actually really impacted my decision to stay and stick it out. Obviously now you know, you've had a successful NFL career, multi-time um, pro bowl, but you just that echoed to me, you know, something I'll definitely tell my kids, but for you to actually take value to that was incredible. So I just wanted to make a comment on that before we yeah. keep going.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, it, it took my dad talking about commitment before I really like, realize the impact of it and it was just how I was raised you know and 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 being true to your word if you sign you know we're I mean I never signed a contract before then but it was all like if you say you're going to do something you're going to do it and 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 if you don't then then your word's not good but you know and it's different nowadays like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors going into you know when you make a commitment and whatnot but and for me at that time, that's just how I was raised. And, and and I can't speak on other people who who've been in similar situations and have done uh something else. But you know, there there's different factors when it comes if someone breaks a commitment, they might have to provide for their family, they might have to do stuff. Sure. So it's it's for the best interest for them. And I can't I, and it's not for me to comment on how other people decide on decisions, but for me, that was my like, I don't know, like like it just stuck with me and and like. Like I never, like my dad always led me in the right direction with, with everything. And, and, and I, I just really took value to his word and it just, fortunately, you know, it just, it worked out and whether it was luck or not, but it like just things, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm a hardworking guy. Like I, I do the right things. I do what people ask me to do. It's just things, things seem to like always like work out for me and, and I'm just very fortunate.
3: (laughs) Very well said. J.K. and Maddie?
1: Yeah,
4: so uh, I think we're kind of understanding. You played 181 games in the NFL. I mean, that's a really long time uh, for an NFL career. So you mentioned that you had to hang out with the specialist when you were at Maryland, And I was looking back at who you actually snapped to. Could you have any stories about the specialists you did in Oakland? Because those guys are a bunch of characters uh, and I think still try to be characters. So. So yeah, I think it's
1: more like Marquette King and Janet Kowski are the two that come to my mind. I mean, I mean, literally, like C Bass is probably like one of my best friends uh that I that I you know had a relationship with in the NFL. I mean, I snapped him for what is it, about 13 years with, with the Raiders, and uh we developed a great relationship. We talked, we talk all the time, and I mean, obviously, you know, you hear all stories, and, and it's funny, like I remember the day. there's a big article, uh, I don't know, Smitty might have seen it sometime, and it was in the progress, a Clearfield paper, or a paper in a local uh, town near Clearfield, Pennsylvania, and um, it was, I think it was right before my senior year, It was sometime during my senior year, it was, I think it was maybe during my commitment to, to, to the University of Maryland, and and on, on the front page, it was a picture of me and, and a buddy of mine at the time was working at the Progress and he gave me like the carbon copy. It was like a huge copy that they used to print. And my my parents framed it for me and I had it in my room. And, uh, and it was like basically the whole front page of the paper. And I didn't really notice it until I went to the, to, to the Raiders. But on the bottom right corner, there's like a little blurb, you know, talking about, Oakland Raiders, or no, 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 not Oakland Raiders at the time, uh, uh, Florida State kicker arrested at Sugar Bowl, you know, <laughs> like 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever, Sebastian <laughs> Janikowski, And here he ends up being like, it's so weird, like, here's a picture of me, you know, like, uh, that I have framed, I still have, and not knowing that he's going to be one of my best friends, <laughs> that, that there's like a little blurb of him, you know, obviously doing – you know, you know, some <laughs> misfortunes in his life. But yeah, Seabass, Bass, I mean, obviously there's there's great stories about him, you know, that that I cherish. And I, I mean if I ever write I can't tell stories right now, I, I'm holding <laughs> off until the until the book I write one day. I mean, I, I, I want to make some money sometime. you know, somehow when I get older and uh I gotta keep all the stories like in here until i nice. disperse them. But there, there, there's some really, really good stories. And if I ever see you in person and <laughs> you are taking some adult beverages and whatever, maybe, maybe you'll get a, a few of them, but, um, yeah, and, and Marquette King, uh, and even Shane Leckler, Shane Leckler seven, he's probably the best punter to ever play in the NFL. Um, I know Ray guys in, in the hall of fame paving the way for Shane, I, I don't expect it to be too long, too much long until Shane gets in, gets an audit. Like literally that guy, I mean, he, he was a college quarterback recruit for Texas A&M that could punt as well. And he was just so gifted to what he could do, punting the ball and sea bass as well, like the, the, the leg strength that he had. Marquette, like I've never seen such a natural, uh, kicker that can punt the ball with with hang time and and distance, um, as him and and they're all characters. I mean, not so much shame, but the other two. I mean, I don't want to say characters, but they're all very unique individuals that that people gravitate towards. And 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 it's I've been very fortunate and lucky to to know them and to to be very very good friends with them and. And uh, even to this day, Marquette. He, I mean, I know he's still working out to, to be to be in the NFL, but he he has he's doing music. He's he's actually producing music and making music where my wife and my kids actually like. And like, I remember when he first started doing it, he would say, "John, what do you think about this?" And his his genre is just not my genre. Like, it's it's house music, and I'm like, I'm more country, like rock and roll, like classic rock. Bring me something like that, then I can listen to it. But uh but now like he he has some stuff where i'm like i can actually is it's catchy i'm like man like like you're on to something here and uh and he actually lives here i'm in phoenix and he's actually in phoenix as well so we see each other um uh, fairly you know kind of often and uh definitely a relationship that i have and that i'll forever have so but it it, it definitely some great stories and uh you just have to wait for the book just oh, nice. <laughs> we
3: we'll wait on that. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll pre-order a copy right now. Just yeah, let me know, know where to send it to.
1: And I'm still – like there's some word or some titles that I'm playing with on, on some of the stuff because it's literally – you know, when I first got to the Raiders, it was Al Davis is still alive. And I got to a team that was 2-14 and 14 and just some of the stuff that I've seen, you know, throughout my career, especially in <laughs> Oakland, you know, that I could just like write about like – but – who knows? Maybe maybe I'll never write a book and just keep keep those thoughts with with so, the people who I share share beverages with, you know. So. so
4: maybe this is a story we can keep outside the book. But so you were with the Raiders for a really long time, but you were in a bunch of camps, right? It took a while for you to catch on, yeah. and then you finished up with a couple of different teams. Are the Raiders really that unique amongst all the NFL oh, yeah. teams? Is it like you walk in the door and it just recognize it right away?
1: I mean, you, you walk into the door and and for for one, the training facility at the time. It was like an old bank. Like I don't even know what the place was. It was right next to the airport. I mean, there's carpets on the ground that have stains all in them. The locker room is just not good. I mean, the place where we play football at the Coliseum, I mean, God bless, you know, the Oakland A still playing there. It's just <laughs> like like you, know, you you have like you you walk down from our locker room and like you're in a tunnel and then there's pipes over top of you, like dripping water. It smells like, like an old bar, like cigarette smoke. Like, it's just like, this is like, I don't know, but I didn't know anything else at the time. And, and, uh, I remember Willie Brown got, God rest his soul. Like one of the awesome best dudes ever in the NFL. I mean, he, he'd be, you know, smoking cigarettes, you know, at halftime and he to in the cough. Like, he he was a coach when I first got out there. Like he he'd be on a plane smoking cigarettes. He didn't care. this is the old like the raid the raiders? You know, like in the seventies. Like they were like still living. Like you know, like our coaches. And it was just like, I mean, it was true. Like, and I got to meet all those guys, and it was unbelievable. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 you know, the the raiders. Being being part of the Raiders, I like, I mean, it's like once you're a Raider, you're always a Raider. And there's something about the fans. Like I, I I know, like my mom and dad, when they first when I first signed, they were so scared to come out to, Oakland, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> watch a game because they, they only see stuff on TV. Like we're, we're afraid, but like literally and and Smitty can attest to how my dad was like. My dad's a people person. He likes to talk. And like when he came out here, he was afraid, but like he just wore an Oakland Raiders shirt, but, but he exchanged like cell phone numbers. And I didn't even know like he knew how to exchange numbers at that time in 2007, 2006, 2007. And like he would like text people back then like about tailgates. And like when he was coming out next, he made friends with all the boosters, like all, all the all the fans. Like he was like, he next thing you know, like he would have been like probably dressing up. And being one of oh, one of the characters that you'd see in the black hole. I would have paid like, money to
2: see your I, dad would have been dressed know. up like uh one of those people like down in the I'm, black I'm, hole. I yeah. Thought,
1: like what his Raider name would be. They all had names, like the Violator, um, <laughs> uh Gorilla Rilla, like all those guys. We like, would have just called him the names. painter. He would have just he <laughs> <a painter. laughs> I don't know. There would be some name, but it'd be something unique. I know that. And uh, but he, he loved it like, he, he would go there, and, like, I'd always be concerned, like, hey, you know, come from the middle of nowhere, small town Pennsylvania, coming out to Oakland, I'd be concerned, like, hey, how are you getting to the stadium, like, their, their hotel is about a mile away, like, oh, we're gonna walk, or we're gonna get a ride, we know, oh, I called, you know, a friend of ours, like, we met through tailgating, and they're gonna come pick us up, but it was, like, and I'd go to these meetings, like, these booster clubs meetings, and, like, all these fans would come up to me and be like, we love your parents, they're so awesome. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> really? Like it's just like it was like they they had like an older, like they had like another another like uh uh personality when they came out to Oakland, I guess. You know, once they left Pennsylvania, they they transformed into some other like uh person, I guess.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it, hey, it's John. a mystique, you know, being an Oakland Raider. I mean, now they're Las Vegas Raiders, but I mean, something about being a Raider. I mean, Al Davis. I mean, what a legend he is! Like, like the, the 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 what he dedicated to to the sport, and and what everything that he's put in, like just to to be walking the same halls as him, like it's it's crazy. Cause the guy the guy is a legend, I think. And like whether he did right or wrong for our for the organization when I first got there, I mean, it's up for debate. But I mean, the guy did what he did, and you gotta respect that.
0: Absolutely. Matty, you got anything? No, you got – He Kaminsky got mine, and uh, just John talking about Al Davis, I was going to see if he had any just a minimal Al Davis story to tell us Uh, about. Because he was – he had his own aura.
1: Well, he did. And and Al would come to every practice when I first got there. He got a little older, so the last couple years of his life, he'd only come on like Fridays. But literally, he would – he would get like we always even during like like train like uh summer sessions, like we always had to wear our number on our, our chest and they videotape and uh because he couldn't come anymore. But every time after every practice, you'd see someone leaving the facility to take videotape uh of our practice to take to him. And the first thing he would always watch was pass rush. He's he's very, very particular about pass rush. He wanted to get out there because he, he wanted to be man coverage, so he wanted a front four that could really get after the passer. That was his biggest thing um, on the defensive side of ball. But the one thing that I remember distinctly about Al Davis was he had this cologne that was very, very distinctive that you knew like right when he walked in the building, he just walked here because you could smell the fragrance of his <laughs> cologne. And, uh, and and I remember like when I first got out there, we were, we were two and 14 you didn't want to walk by him because he was all about winning. It was just win baby. So like normal conversation, you'd walk by someone, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Well, if you said that to Mr. Davis, as you walk by, like, Hey John, how you doing? Like doing good. He'd look at you and be like, what the F like are you kidding me? We're loot, we lost three in a row. Like he just cut you out. And it's like, so literally, like the first thing I learned about, like, there's long hallways in our in our facility. And the first thing is is like if you see Mr. Davis walking down, you better hurry up and turn and walk out another direction. You don't want to cross paths. <laughs> you do not want to cross because you just don't don't want to get caught in a conversation. And um I'll leave you on one story I, I mentioned about his fragrance. Uh, a special teams coach of mine, I won't tell you who it is. They it was during Christmas time. And um hopefully I don't I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this or anything, but uh um just with the organization. But uh they someone uh was able to get find out what cologne he wore. And and oh, wow. it was a gag gift. It was one of my first years with the Raiders, and uh and it wasn't a special teams. it was someone who gave me a gift, it was a gag gift, and they sprayed his cologne uh, on a jock strap. And, uh, it wasn't his particular, but it was his, his, his brand that he liked. And, uh, they put it, they wrapped it up, they put it in a box and, uh, they, and I was like, Oh, you got me a Christmas gift. Oh, that's awesome. I started loving it. was that, and, uh, I was, it was a gag gift or whatever. But what they did with that after that, they, they taped it onto one of the coaches. Uh, and I won't tell you what coach it was. They taped it to the back of one of the coaches, uh, desk and, and it, you just smelled his, his, the fragrance, you know? And this particular coach was so paranoid because every time he walked into his office, he smelled that fragrance. He was like, he literally was so paranoid that he thought Mr. Davis was walking into his office, going through his paperwork or his computer or whatever. Because he smelled his his phone awesome. every time. Oh, that's and awesome. here someone like taped it on the back of his desk. And he didn't find out for like a month after that.
3: That's awesome. So, that's so good. Uh, but, hey, I I have one last question. I'll let the boys wrap it up because if I don't tap out now, we'd be on this for three no, more no. hours. Um, just kind of in in maybe a sentence or two, uh, just describe your time with Lane Kiffin. You know, he's very, uh, I would say, um, extra. You know, in college football, yeah. some people see it good, some as bad. But you know, I I think he's his theatrics can be funny at times. Uh, just give he's me a recruiter. A,
1: I mean, he, yeah, he, knows, yeah, yeah. he knows how to get recruits. And, and um, he was my first head coach. And I remember when he came in, like I was, you know, cause like when I first signed on with Oakland, I was on practice squad. They, they like, no one knew on, on the team that the long snap. They're like, we, we tried you out of the long snap, but we decided to go with someone else, but we needed a roster spot on the practice squad to be a linebacker. And we just thought you could do it because you played linebacker in college. I was like, so I said, I was like, yeah, of course I could be a practical linebacker. But when he came in, I was like, am I going to get an opportunity to long snap? Because I know my future was not, there was no future at all being a long, uh, linebacker in the NFL. And he's like, of course. So he was the first, I mean, he gave me my first op- really real opportunity to, to play. And um, I think he's 33 years old when he first ter- took the gig. And, and uh. And the, the, the staff that he brought in, like it was, you know, he came, I think he came from SC at the time. And I mean, he was young and, and he, I, and my, the, the best story that I could tell, I mean, I've, I've hung out with him a couple of times after that. But he was young. He, he liked to be one of the guys, like you'd see him have a couple of beers with him. And, um, but I remember, it was actually the, the last game he coached in Oakland. He, we were on the sideline under, 30 seconds play in the half. And it was fourth down. The ball was like on our 46 yard line, 48 yard line. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's fourth and 10. Like, we're going to punt, but we're on the sideline. It was called timeout. And he goes, hey, we're going to kick, kick the field goal. And I was like, put the numbers together. Like, I was like, this is going to be 74 yard field goal. Like, no way in hell. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, I go, I, I was like, are you, F-ing serious. And uh he just kind of like looked at me like, and 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 it's funny because it's on it's all on film now. And I'm like so he didn't say anything, and so I was like, "Well, screw it! Like, I like it's fourth down. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be either snapping for a punt or a field. Goal. I don't care. I'm going out on film. I'm just getting out of myself in this awkward situation right now. And here we 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 attempted a 74 yard field goal, and against uh, the Chargers, and uh, who was it? There's a returner who just actually returned a kick, a missed field goal, a short field goal that returned it for a touchdown the week before to And And um, here we kicked it. C bass. He put too much leg into it. He tried to really, really kick it instead of like <laughs> a nice, smooth transition. He was—he's was short by—I don't know. It wasn't that far off, but he, he was short. And uh, we go down. We make the tackle, and uh, unfortunately, that was Lane's last, <laughs> last uh, game. He coached as an Oakland Raider, um, but you know, it's all good. He—he's—he's. He's, I think he's doing well now at uh, Ole Miss. He's a great, cor- uh, great recruiter. Um, you see him, follow him on social media. He knows how to, you know, Absolutely. He, he plays really well, you know, on a recruitment side to get college or high school kids to come to them. And he he is a really good court. He's a good guy. He can, you know, he 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 can have good conversation, good dialogue with with who, whoever he's trying to influence. So.
0: Hey John, one last quick thing. If you had a guess, how many tracks does Mr. Davis have?
1: I really, I really don't know how many tracksuits, but again, there's there's some stories that come along with those tracksuits I could tell, but usually I'll pull the ball. Hey, we'll and bring even, you back even, on. even his gold chain too, you know. There's some there's some stories with the gold chain that he had with his glasses and everything. It's it's just wait for my book.
0: Secretly I am actually a Closet Raiders fan. If I have to have an AFC team, they're my AFC
1: team. Okay. Well, I mean, they, they I mean, they have the pieces I think to be pretty special this year. Um, offensively I think Derek Carr is a great quarterback. Um, defensively that's that, that's their biggest, you know, the, the biggest shoes they need to fill is their defensive side of ball just. But it's tough you're playing Kansas City twice a year who who offensively they're putting up 30-40 points a game. And it's just a matter of like getting some stops, and it's and it's tough in the NFL now. But I mean, in the NFL, it's such offensive-minded now. It's it's I mean, if you can hold your points at thirty points a game, you you might have a shot. When I first got into the league, I think the average points, you know, a good defense was giving up, you know, maybe thirteen points. But now it's 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 just a completely different game now than when I first got in the, in the league. I mean, defensively, if you, if you could. Against the Chiefs, if you could if you could give up twenty eight, you're you're good, you know. As long as you could put up twenty nine, really, and most teams can, because everyone's it's all about it's all about you know creating those uh uh what, the 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 spark plays the, the the big the big runs the big pass plays and 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 it's all about those plays now, and creating the big plays and and creating points.
2: Hey John, lastly, uh, last question I want to talk about is the great work you're doing with, uh, and I just want to bring it up. With our viewers, uh, the Emily Whitehead Foundation. Can oh, yeah.
1: you just go a little bit into that, please. Yeah, so the Emily Whitehead Foundation. Um, the the Whiteheads are are from Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, Tom has become a really good friend of mine, and the whole family is is still local. And uh, his their younger daughter at the time, or their their only daughter at the time, when she was what four or five years old, developed leukemia. Uh, Chemo was not doing it. They they got introduced to a possibility of some uh, treatment, immunotherapy treatment that it wasn't approved. They they haven't even run it on a child at the time, and they signed off. They they had the strength and courage to do it, and Emily had had the strength, the, the physical strength to actually endure it, and and she's been cancer free now for for eight plus years, and she's a I think going to be a junior, or, yeah I think a junior or. Maybe a sophomore. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, cancer-free, and 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 the therapy she did is down in, in Philadelphia at the Children's Hospital, and uh, and it's definitely you know we're, what we're doing now is raising funds and raising awareness for this pediatric cancer uh, uh, a treatment that's you know a lot less uh, or a lot more friendlier than chemotherapy, and, and it's a lot more cleaner. And we're just, you know, the doctors are trying to improve as much ways possible to to, to get it more mainstream, uh, and in, into the hands of the kids that really need it. And the Whiteheads are very fortunate, you know, to have the doctors that they had, and and Emily was such such a great patient, and and obviously had the strength to endure the pain that this treatment uh entailed. But and um and now we're off. We're telling our story. We're just trying to trying to make you know. You know the possibility of when your kid gets, you know, the the bad news of, you know, leukemia or any types of cancer that that these kids have the opportunity to to get a, a, the treatment that Emily had and to go home and to live a normal life after that. And and it's the least that we I could do when I was playing is just give my time any way I can and 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 to create any sorts of uh, you know. Funds or or money that I can raise to help the the charity, and uh, we're, we're we're we've done several events. We're eight years in, uh, and it and it's been great. We we've been we made a lot of success. We're we're raising a lot of money, we're raising a lot of awareness, but there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of work. So,
3: John, is there a, is there a link or anything that we can uh, get from you after the show on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely want to spread yeah.
3: the word. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll we'll touch base with you, Smitty, or I'll touch base with you after the show. Um, You know, like I said, we want to put that out, you know, yeah. and help spread, uh, spread the cause and, and everything. Um, You know, I, look, I'd like to bring you on in a, a couple of weeks, you know, kind of in the NFL season, uh, you I know, like today. Time, it, so. No, today it was incredible. Today was, you know, uh, what we would call a like story time. You know, it's always fun to, to kind of kick back and just, you know, listen, uh you know, more so instead of analyze. Uh, yeah. But we want to bring you back on if you're cool with it, you know, and, and really talk some football. Um, especially Raider football, a little more in season, um, and be a little more analytical if that's something you're up for.
1: Yeah, of course.
3: Awesome. So we really appreciate it. We will, uh, like I said, we'll get in contact with you, um, and get that link. Like I said, we want to spread that, that foundation and the cause out, uh, because it's what you're doing is incredible. Uh, what she has overcome is incredible. Uh, you know, coming from my parents, both, uh, both my parents have are cancer survivors. So it really touches home for me. Um, so we'll we'll get that out, and then uh, we'll definitely get you back on ASAP. Appreciate it.
1: Appreciate John, it. All right,
0: thanks, John. Okay. thanks,
1: John. Thank you guys for having me on. It's it's been awesome, and I look forward to talking to you guys. You got
0: you got to let us know if you're ever back in PA too.
1: Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, John. I appreciate the time, man. No problem, Smitty. We'll see, we'll you. see you, man. Yeah, have a good one.
3: All right, boys. That was like I said. We'll get him back on. It was cool just to actually sit and listen to the stories. You know, we've been so analytical with the previews. I kind of felt like that was a little, little breath of uh, fresh air. Uh, But we got to jump in and, um, and, and knock out this, this ACC Atlantic. So uh, I'm not going to spend really any time uh, outside of the top three to four schools. Uh, We'll just quickly run through them and then um, try to knock this out. Uh, So we're going to start worst to first. So I have. Last in the Atlantic is Syracuse. Over under is three wins. I'm easily taking the under. The only game that I see as an easy win is Albany. Everybody else, um, they're either down, uh, I'm sorry, uh, dogs in. They, they're minus one and a half favorites against Rutgers. I like Rutgers, as we've talked about. I don't even think they win that game. So I'm moving on under. I see one, maybe two
0: wins. Agreed, I'm ai am a two and 10 guy. I think this is a double digit loss. Uh, under looks good. Just uh, this is probably going to be Dino Babers' last year in Syracuse, and that's probably going to be a rebuild, tear down, even though they're, they're they really don't even have anything to tear down. They can just start fresh. Yeah, no disagreement here. I mean, one in 10 last year, six and five against the number,
4: so they were competitive in some games. Um, as Babers as he's there, 13 and nine as a road dog, 16 and 10 on the road and up. Overall ATS. So when the Qs are getting points on the road, look to them. It's kind of weird because you think of the carry think with the home field advantage. So um yeah, hasn't recruited well enough and it's not going to help that BC and Rutgers are on the rise. So yeah, two two wins at best, sure.
2: Yeah, I'm with you guys. I see him favored in two games. I mean, that first one uh at Ohio U is going to be really tough to get that one. Uh I'm giving them I, I give them two wins.
3: All right. I have it. The sixth team in the Atlantic is Louisville. And I think this could be a toss up. I'm going to put them at six. Uh, over under six and a half. Scott Satterfield third year. You know, they lost two two well, um, which was probably their best playmaker on offense last year outside of Malik Cunningham. Um, they lost a couple other players to the draft. Javian Hawkins, uh, you know, that could hurt them. Um, I, I don't think Malik Cunningham's the worst quarterback. You know, I think he's done pretty well uh, almost 6,000 yards, 55 touchdowns in two seasons. Um, I just think they, you know, I look at their schedule and definitively, you know, the way I look at it is if it's a toss up, I just say it's a loss. Uh, definitively I see East Kentucky win. I see Syracuse as a win. Duke is a win. So that's three, you know, and then they, Kentucky is going to be a tough game. Kentucky, I think is going to be well this year. Um, you know, Clemson's an easy loss. I like NC State, we'll touch on them s- or later. Uh, Boston College, I like them. I, I could see Virginia uh, losing to Virginia. I'm sorry, Virginia losing to Louisville again. I want to say Louisville stomped them last week, last year. Uh, Wake Forest, another team that, you know, sh- uh, could be a toss up. I know they beat Wake Forest pretty handily, but I think Wake Forest is on the rise. Florida State's a toss up. I- they're going to win some of these. Um, I just can't pinpoint which ones. They have a lot of, like, pick-ems to five-point spread, so, you know, within one score. I'm going to say they're going to catch five wins this year. I just can't definitively tell you outside of those three what the other two would be.
0: I think you stole my notes. Um, Five and seven for me. I, in no way, shape, or form do I see them going over the six-win total that Vegas has posted I mean, the schedule is just a little too tough. They're going to start out 0-1 against Mississippi. They're going to get back out of it Eastern Kentucky, 1-1, probably beat UCF. I actually think they beat Florida State. Give them a loss at Wake. I do think they beat Virginia, but I actually think they're only going to win one game down the stretch. I think Duke is going to beat them. Uh, uh, give me five. No way would I touch this one, but if I do look, it's going to be an underplay for me.
4: Yeah, it's a weird team. I I think of all the teams we've looked at so far, just kind of doing a little research on them. This is kind of goofy. They went four and seven last year, but their offense was actually pretty good, and their defense wasn't really that bad. Um, I guess minus 12 in turnovers will do it, and I think that's kind of on the league Cunningham. He needs to play better. He's a turnover machine at times um, for them. You know, they lose some good skill talent, lots of good running back, lots of good wide receiver. Defense is tiny, it's fast, but, you know, they're, they're kind of still running Appalachian State stuff that he ran when he was there, but he doesn't have the best kids in conference uh, in the ACC. So, um, you know, they, they could get off to a slow start, and this guy's going to be on a really hot seat, especially after kind of chasing jobs in the offseason. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a make or break year for Louisville. Either it's, they're going to figure it out, and because they have enough talent that they could actually be, kind of interesting on that side of the ledger. Uh, But I don't think it's going to go that way. And I think Satterfield will
2: probably be out after this season. Yeah, I'm looking at six and a half Vegas on one side here. I have them winning six. And I think you guys, you know, you hit on it very well. Cunningham's a superstar, but he, like Jason just said, you got to lower the INTs. They can't turn the ball over as much as they've been the last couple of years. You know, I, I like this program. I like the coach, but like Jason just said, yeah, they better get some wins here or he could be out. But I have them at six. They're favored in six. I have them right on the six. So, but I agree with what Q and J or Matt said too. You know, favorite, you know, they're going to probably lay a stinker at one of these games here. So it could be a five, but I, I give them six.
3: All right. Let's move on to the number five team in my rankings Florida State. Mike Norvell is returning for his second year over under his five and a half. This is another weird team, in my opinion. You know, this they're on their third straight losing record last year. They were three and six. Um, Mike Norvell didn't come in with the um, most confidence from his players. He had a little off-field issue. Um, he lost a lot of seniors last year uh, who were disappointed with him. Um, but I, I would say, you know, it seemed to have simmered down, so maybe they're, you know, going to give them another chance. I look at their schedule. Um, I kind of had them in Louisville, you know, neck and neck. I, I'm not a Norvell fan, um, obviously not a Florida State fan, being a Florida fan, but you know, I can see it, see them for what it is. You know, they were so good for so many years. They're kind of on uh, their downfall right now. I just don't think they have the offensive weapons. I know their running backs are decent. Their quarterback play, you know, you got Mackenzie Milton coming off. A, a gruesome injury where he almost lost his leg. Uh, and then you have Jordan Travis, who uh, kind of gave them a dual threat. They really threw uh, North Carolina for a while last year when he destroyed them. I, I just think they weren't prepared uh, defensively to stop the run and pass. Um, he's pretty inaccurate at times. I mean, he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball 65 yards on one foot. Um, I'm curious to see who gets that starting spot. You know, I look at the schedule. They're going to lose to Notre Dame. They'll pick up Jacksonville State. Um, so, I would say definitively, Jacksonville State's a win. Syracuse is a win. UMass is a win. I'm going to say F- Louisville is another win. So, that's four right there. And then between, Wake Forest, North Carolina, um, Boston College, like, they're going to find two wins. I mean, they're going to lose to Florida. They're going to use to – UNC lose to Clemson. Um, I have them at six and six, but even though that's technically an over, it's definitely a pass for me. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win, but five games as well.
2: Do you see how Q real quick? Did you see how smooth Q was there? How he just threw in that hey uh, they'll lose to Florida. Just <laughs> threw it in there. Okay, yeah. moving up, moving hey, on. Well, move it. on. Hey, it's true. It's true. Move on. I just well, I just yeah. want to throw that in there a little bit. Guess
0: what, Smitty? He is right though. They are going to lose to Florida. They're actually going to lose a lot of games this
2: year. Oh, I agree. I agree.
0: I think I think this is a, still a bad football team. They have not won all conference player until the third team. They're devoted the talent. Over under Vegas five and a half. I give these guys five wins, and that might be generous. They're going to get Jacksonville State. They're going to beat Syracuse, and they're going to beat Massachusetts. Every other game they're going to play is going to be a dogfight. Wake's a dogfight. Louisville's a dogfight. I I can't see them going to Boston College and winning. Like, Florida smashes them. They might go to the October 23rd game against UMass and maybe be four and two. And after that, they might lose the last five. I, I think this is a bad football team, and I can't believe it. Back in the day, it was not – how many wins would they get? Is it are they gonna be the number one, two, three, or fourth ranked team at the end of the year? Now you're just scraping together wins. This, this, and I'm sad to say it because I used to really like this program and root for them a lot back in the Bobby Bowden days, rest in peace. So sad for me to say it. Five and seven at best. Yeah, I can't disagree with that just because yeah,
4: that stretch from Halloween on where they start with Clemson and end with Florida is just brutal that they're literally playing the best teams in the ACC uh, back to back to back to back. So um, I'm not quite as down on them as you guys are. Like uh, Milton might be able to solidify quarterback some, I mean, obviously starting with Notre Dame, that's going to be a physical game. And that's going to be a good test. The offensive line has to get better. I don't know what goes on in the water in Tallahassee, but even if they recruit good kids, they can't block anyone. And that's just really weird. You know you look at the recruiting numbers though across this conference they're still getting kids now they're not getting kids at the same level they did in their heyday but you know there's still some low numbers on the recruiting numbers next to these guys so they've got some talent they just have to play way better the offense wasn't good last year especially you take out the 56 points against duke and they're averaging like less than like 20 points a game so that's got to improve and then the defense was awful again too but like i said there's talent here they were one of the programs like this whole conference had issues with COVID almost the weekend week out where you didn't know who was going to be able to play and who wasn't i think florida state was hit pretty hard by that um so norville has got his first full training camp you know he had covet issues too so let's let's just see what he can do he won with less at memphis you know they may have been the most in the ac ac but you know he he can coach some so let's kind of give him a full year You know, Q mentioned the issues he had with, like, the senior leadership on his team. Well, were they leaders? Because this team hasn't been good for, like, four or five years now. Maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world to chase those kids off um, and kind of get some uh, new guys and they're kind of just get a new perspective on the program. So, um, you know, that stretch is horrible, so I think they'll go under, but I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year.
2: You guys hit on it. COVID really hurt this team last year. I mean, I think it's a great story. Mackenzie Milton, can he be the – can he be the quarterback? What a great story. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to be tough watching these. Because when Alex Smith came back from for the skins, it was so tough to watch. Because I mean, it was like your own kid. You were like, oh, please don't hit him. Please don't hit him. It could be the same this year trying to watch him. I hope he plays well. I hope he wins the job. And I hope he plays well. Offensive line is a big concern. A lot of sacks. Favorite in four games. Like Matt said, Vegas has him at five and a half. I'm giving him five take another under, I don't think this team's that good.
3: All right, let's move on to the number four team uh, in my rankings, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons, over under a seven. You know, I, this is a team that's on the rise. Their, their coach, is, he's coming in his eighth year. Sam Hartman uh, is returning for his third year. Um, they do lose their – one of their best running backs now their top running back uh Christian Beal Smith is back so that should help them um they return most of their front seven on the defensive side most of their offensive line comes back as well i uh, like how Sam Harmon does not really turn the ball over um i'm looking at their schedule their first first 3 games are all winnable they could potentially be 3 and 0 odu uh, Automatic win, Norfolk State automatic win. And they're favored by six at uh at home against Florida State. I, I could e- easily see them winning at. That. So that's three wins. Duke's guaranteed four. Uh Syracuse is guaranteed five. Uh, you know, Army, they're favored. I kind of see that as a pick'em. Army is always tough. You know, you have to travel to Army. Um in October, New York gets kind of cold, and then you're running a triple off uh option there so that could be tough. But I look at their schedule. So I gave them five guaranteed wins. And then they play at Virginia, which they pounded them last year by 17. They could easily pick that up. Louisville, they're favored. They could easily win that game at home. And NC State, they always play them tough. It's kind of a rivalry game. They're actually favored in this game. Um I'm pretty high on NC State, but I could see them, you know, in a in a great season picking up eight wins, but I have them right at the seven mark. Uh, So I'm going to say pass, but I have them at seven and five.
0: All right, Q, I got these guys at six and a half over under. So I am in agreement with you again. I actually think they get seven wins. For you, that would be a pass because that's the number. But I think they're going to go over. Here's why. I actually, I might throw this out there. I think they go to their break. And I think they're six and oh, and they're going to be a top 25 team and really start to, like, catch some buzz. And then I think they're going to go beat Army. Probably do. <laughs> and then I think they're going to lose their last four and just to de- derail themselves. I think their floor is actually seven wins. I have these guys probably penciled in at eight more likely, though. I'm a I'm a fan of these guys.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're eight no going into uh the game at North Carolina, which is weird. It's a non-conference game, but uh, I think they're finishing that up where they're scheduling uh in-state teams to play out of conference. The offense should be really, really good. Um, it was really, really good last year. Solid offensive line good receivers, good running back, uh, quarterback has been excellent for them. The defense is atrocious and th- it's going to be some shootouts. There's going to be some overs coming out of this game, especially I think some of the teams on this side of the, uh, the ACC defenses really aren't up to snuff. So um they're going to put up points as long as they don't, you know, turn it over. They're going to win these games. So I, yeah, I have Mate and no going into North Carolina. Um, So they'll definitely be probably be top 15 at that point. Um, and that last four game stretch is brutal where you go to at UNC NC State at Clemson at BC. So I haven't finishing up eight and four after that first
0: stretch, but I think it's gonna be a fun team. I, I like the over here on the six and five and even the seven. Minnie, before you jump in real quick, I just want to say plus um, a lot of us don't remember. There was some like smaller bowl games last year. I mean, it was pretty crappy bowl season because of COVID. But they actually put up a really good showing against a really good Wisconsin team last year to build on. Uh, I think they lost 42-28, 20, but they put up a ton of yards. And if Hartman can actually clean up his INTs, I think they easily get over their six and a half win total.
4: Yeah, They outgained gained Wisconsin 518 to 266 in that game, but we're negative three on turnovers. Yep.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and he really did a nice job with the ball. He really had a bad bowl game with the INTs there. Um, you know, Q Robertson, I think his name is uh, Q. They call him the wide receivers, a stud Hartman's a stud running back. The old Smith's not bad. Offense line should be okay. Averaged about 36 points a game. Like we said, they're going to score a lot of points. This would be a fun team to watch every week because if you like points, this is a team to do it. Defense has to step up. I have them right around. I agree with you guys. I, I think I'm giving them eight wins. I think they're a good team.
3: All right, where you are going to go to the number three team? I have NC State Wolfpack. Head coach Dave Dorn. God, I feel like he's been there forever, more than nine years. Over under six and a half. This team, I, I think maybe this year is the year it clicks for them. You know they they. Had some uh, high hopes last year. just didn't work out with COVID. They lost uh, Bailey Hockman to an injury. Devin Leary was uh, out for COVID. <clears throat> he is back this year. Hockman, I believe, transferred out. So he is the number one guy with nobody really looking uh, you know, over his shoulder. Uh, they do return their top two running backs, which is huge. Their defense returns essentially everybody. They had one of the best players at linebacker. Uh, in the country last year, sophomore Peyton Wilson had, like, 110 tackles, which is an absolute monster all over the field. I look at their schedule. You know, I don't think their schedule is that crazy. Um, you know, South Florida's easy win. Mississippi State to travel, I could see that being a loss. Mike Leach in year two has been really good um, in history past. Furman, easy win. Clemson lost. La Tech, they should smoke. So they're three and two. Heading into Boston College, I could see that. That's a toss game. Another game I could see them easily winning is Louisville. Syracuse is another one. Wake Forest. Uh, so that puts them at five wins. Florida State, they should beat them. That's six wins. Um, I
0: have them at the 7-5, and 8-4 mark. I am – I would put this as the second-best team in this side of the – Uh, conference. I got their over under total at six. And when I did my research day, I immediately put a bet down. Now the number was odd. It was like minus minus one seventy, which I don't get. And I tried to look for some different numbers to see if I could even get them over seven and eight wins and see what it do. And I haven't found it yet. They got 19 returning starters. The problem is their schedules tricky in my opinion Q, because they draw Miami on the road boston college on the road and then from the other side they have uh carolina and then they got clemson at home it doesn't matter where they have clemson basically in my opinion um i i do think they actually get to nine wins i think somebody's gonna slip up i think the bc and miami game they're gonna stumble at one of those give them a loss at carolina give them a loss at clemson i think they can run the table everybody else and i think they could push for like a new year's day bid ball this is a really good team the the quarterback needs to uh, improved. Devin Leary's just not proven enough. I think he's very good. They have enough talent to go around and I think with their starters, they should they should easily go over the sixth number that Vegas is putting out there.
4: yeah, it, it's an interesting team because it looks way better on paper than it actually looks like statistically. Like you look at the they have pretty much placed things everywhere. like their defense, you know, if you looked at pill preview, second best defensive line, second best linebacker unit, third best secondary. You know, Leary was the guy they wanted to play quarterback last year. He couldn't stay healthy, but he was productive when he played. Um, top three receivers returned, top five running backs return. Like, you know, everything's there. And I think the offensive line is a bit of a question. I think it's like middle of the pack, and that's really kind of only holding that offense up. But, um, you know, you look at the yardage totals and, like, the scoring, and it's just kind of doesn't look like what this team should look like just based on the uh, talent levels and recruiting levels. I mean, I'll give Doran credit. I mean, it, it – North Carolina is kind of up for grabs right now because Mac Brown's come in, but he's built a solid program here. They have some decent recruiting numbers next to their names. Like these are talented kids, but um, it needs to be better. So, yeah, I look at the same thing, Matt. I, I agree with exactly what uh, you have there for wins, but I, I just think there's a little element of risks because they just really haven't played up to their potential um, and they could step back. I think they had three close wins last year and I think they wore. Nine six in turnovers. So, I mean, the turnover number should be regression to the good, but maybe not. So we'll see, but yeah, I, I, they're the second best team on this side, but I just think there's a little bit of danger element to them.
2: I like this coach. This is one of my favorite coaches probably in this um, conference here. I think, you know, I agree with you. The quarterback needs to stay healthy, played only in four games I, you know, Vegas has them six and a half. And if you listen to our last show, we had Tim Murray from Visa on, and I think he said it was Kenny White camp comes on his show and Mm -hmm. he's very high on this team. So I I think well-coached team, some people can stay healthy. I think they should be okay. Offensive line should be okay. Defense, a lot, a lot of experienced linebackers are okay. Favorite. Like I said, in six games, I have them winning seven.
3: All right, let's move to – now, I know Matt is a little different than me. I have the next team, number two in the uh, division, is Boston College. Over under seven wins, Jeff Halfley entering his second year. I want to say he was a coordinator at Ohio State. Does that sound correct? He was. Okay. DC. So, second year. Last year they ended up finishing, I want to say five and four. Yep. Six and five um but i feel like that's misleading you know i thought they were a better team than that you know in his first year they had clemson on the ropes and a lot of people thought clemson may drop that game clemson obviously storms back with dj uh ue ungelele torching nice. him in the second half but they were up and uh i've been practicing on that one um <laughs> and then you know, i look at who they played so they only lost by two touchdowns to notre dame that game is a little closer than anticipated Ah, uh, Clemson again lost 34 to 28. You know, if it wasn't for uh Uyangalele just tearing it up in the second half, they win that game. Uh, North Carolina, another close game, 26-22. So they, you know, quality top 25 teams, they played well last year, and they're only going to get better. You know, they have Phil Djokovic coming back, who I thought is a great quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame transfer. They kind of got away from the run, which I think maybe that was the downfall of Boston College. It was the old ground and pound with a good tight end, um, and you know, outside of when Matt Ryan was there, uh, but they have one of the best receivers in the country, Zay Flowers. You know, you, uh, with Jerkovich and Flowers there, you're you're going to want to utilize that. Uh, their their top running back did transfer uh, and followed Adazio out to Colorado State, so that's going to be a huge blow for them, but. I don't think it's that much of a concern. I mean, they're not losing AJ Dillon, in my you know opinion. I look at their schedule: uh, Colgate, UMass, Temple, and I think even Missouri at home are automatic wins. So I think heading into Clemson, you know, they're going to get smashed by Clemson, in my opinion, uh, this year. I don't think Clemson's going to sleep on them as they did last year. They're going to be four and one after their first five games, and then they have NC State at home, uh, and they are favored. You know, depending on the weather there, if it's cold in October, uh, that could be a game that NC State is just unprepared for. You know, anything south of Virginia, the weather is still pretty warm in October, and those schools don't like to play cold-weather games. Um, so I think that can really matter. Um, at Louisville, you know, again, I'm not that high on Louisville. I can easily see them winning that game. Uh, Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins is, is still in rebuild down there. I think that's a win. I have these guys at uh, – One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have them at seven wins definitively, but I actually think that they get to nine wins. I think they can take Wake Forest at home and somebody else. So I could
0: see them being nine and three. All right. It's not that I'm actually down on these guys. I just think they're a little softer and I think they're going to benefit from their schedule. Their schedule is. I want to say maybe 83rd ranked overall. It's not that it's not that tough. You're you're right. Uh win versus Colgate, win versus UMass, win versus Temple. I think the Missouri game could be a little sneaky getting ready for Clemson, the look ahead, the the trap game. So I'm not going to give them the four out of the gate. I have these guys at eight wins. I do like the over. I mean, if you can get the Vegas over at 7, fantastic. Uh, you already hit Jerkovich to Flowers is going to be dynamic. And the other kicker to that is their center and left guard. So Alec Lindstrom and Zion Johnson are both fantastic line guys. This is, this comes down to this defense for this team. And I don't know that much about it. I haven't dug into it yet. If they can just be respectable, even middle of the pack, I think they easily go over the seven win total.
4: Yeah, I'm not as high on them. I think this is actually a little bit of a step back year for them. Um, second year with athlete systems. I mean, it, I think, what, three close wins last year um, were out gained by their opponents uh, week in, week out. And uh, you know, Jerkovic's a good player. Um, They do lose running back the offensive line. It's funny Matt mentioned that how they have these like all ACC guys, but if you look at their production, you know, they gave up 28 sacks and then the running game was like not even existent last year. So um, I just look at that schedule. It's definitely start starts soft. They should get three game, games out of the gate easily. You know, Missouri is a coin flip game. Phil still has those guys rated the same power rating, so um, getting them at home will be an advantage. And then at Clemson the next week to be tough. The um, defense needs to get better. They they shaved like sixty yards off their average from the year before, but they still were a bit of a sieve. Um, yeah, I you know I think they're they're probably on the right track. It sounds like Halfley's recruiting halfway well. Um, but I, th- I just think that you know this is like a six and six, seven and five team at best. I think NC State is another
2: level ahead of them, uh, talent-wise, at least. I love this team. If you listen to the last show, I talked about Pitt. I'm all over oh, I love pit. Hail to pit. This is the other team on the other side. Easy. I love Easy. Boston College quarterback. I'm gonna say it out of pine richland because Hugh's father in law is buddy. Always gets fired up when he goes, there. you always have to talk about Pine Richland when you talk about in the Pittsburgh area. So I don't know anymore after their debacle, what they did at that school. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that, but you guys hit on it. Great quarterback. Love the wide receiver. I just drafted in one of my fantasy leagues. Love the offensive line. Jason, Hey, the mini bear man had some good stats on there about giving up some sacks there, but love this team. Nine wins, take it to the bank. Nine wins. They're gonna do fantastic. I love this team. Pitt. I'm gonna do two bets in this in this conference. Pitt over. Boston College over. Roll with Smitty and you're gonna win money. We got we got some we got
0: some inner inner squabble notebook wagering rivals here. I'm with Kaminsky on this. Uh, uh, BC, eh, NC State. Yes. All right. Well, you two versus me and Smitty. There. Let's see who's right. <laughs>
4: like
1: it.
0: All
3: right. We really don't need to spend much time on the next team. We know Clemson's going to dominate. You know, we look at their schedule. So, obviously, they lost Trevor Lawrence, Amari Rogers, Travis Etienne, um, and others to the draft. Uh, good luck to those guys. You know, I'm very interested to see what Trevor Lawrence does at Jacksonville. Um, I think he's a real deal. I'm looking at their schedule. So, to put their, their schedule in comparison, so they're minus five against Georgia. And then their next lowest – Laying tote uh spread is minus 16 at NC State at Pittsburgh. Everybody else is uh over minus 20 or above Georgia. I think they beat Georgia. I'm not that high on Georgia with Pickens out. I- I've never I think JT Daniels is decent, but I think DJ Uing is better. Um, I think Pickens not being there, you know, makes the job easy for Brent Venables. Um to you know, not have to double anybody. I, even if they lose that game, they're still going to roll to the ACC championship, and and I don't think North Carolina or Miami is is going to compete with them. Um, and that's just a personal opinion. I, I have them going twelve and zero. Wow. Uh, over under was eleven and a half.
0: Yeah, Vegas over under eleven and a half, twelve and zero. Super tough for me to bet. Now they they avoid. North Carolina, that's a good one. They get uh NC State on the road. If if I'm looking at this schedule, that's maybe the only slip up in uh, man. They destroyed NC State last year. Destroyed and was 42 nothing at the half. I, I kind of there, there was a lot of hype in that, was, that was game, t- too. A was lot two, of, that, was two years, that was two
4: years ago.
3: Two years two. ago, but a lot of people thought NC State was going to hang, and they just got obliterated.
0: You, I hate to say it, man, I have to agree with you. I think they probably go undefeated, as much as it pains me to say it, and I don't want to see it. I, I, I want to see somebody knock them off and throw a little controversy their way. I mean, they just reload. They're, they're basically Alabama just on the coast now. They're reloaded with talent. Dabo's a fantastic coach, and he's going to get all the recruits he wants. Just lock it. Minimum lock them into 11. They're not losing two games. Let's put it that way. So just just lock them in for 11. If you want to take the undefeated and get a good number on that, go for it. So
4: I'll actually take the under
0: on the 11
4: and a half. I, you know, I'm not sure what the loss is. It might be at NC State, like you said. But there's a little bit of a trend here if you look. Um, their second leading rusher last year was Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, they had games put away. They should have had at least somebody behind NTN picking up those carries. And that really didn't happen. They weren't really happy with the line play last year either. I think they gave up 20 sacks. So that's actually not too bad. But, um, you know, you saw the numbers come down a little, but they definitely came down a lot in the the uh, run, rushing category where I think they lost 50 yards a game. Um, but maybe that's just part of having the number one overdraft choice uh, quarterback uh, there. Uh, Defense was kind of the same way. They picked up 20.7 points a game from the prior year. And it's kind of hard to see because you look at the recruiting that they've done and they're just loaded everywhere. Right. But uh, I don't know. It just kind of seems like they're not real creative on offense. Um, You know, when they got in trouble last year, they ran it with Trevor Lawrence. They don't have that luxury this year. Uh, Uwagalele is literally the only quarterback they have. The uh, of all teams, the Pittsburgh Pirates signed away their backup quarterback in the draft from the baseball draft this year. And then the guy who would have been the third team quarterback towards ACL in the spring. So they're really down to nothing back there. They're gonna have a true sim- situation, kind of like Georgia had to start a last year, where you've got like a walk on taking the critical snaps. So that's gonna limit the offense. They're not gonna be able to run the quarterback whenever they get stuck, kind of like they had the last two years. Um, you know, they said there's talent everywhere. I'm like, you know, Brent Venables gets stroked every single game. Uh, they're on a national broadcast. I don't think the guy's that great considering what he has. You know, they got exposed in the playoff scheme-wise by Ohio State pretty well. You know, the, the inside linebacker, Skalski, has been there for like 14 years. Um, he's coming up on retirement. It's just you got to think that there's someone faster and younger, kind of ready to take his role. The safeties look terrible in the playoff game because that's really what you have to talk about. Because the ACC, you know, these guys are in a whole different league against these guys. So playoff time, they'll probably get there. Because when you look at the schedule, we're talking about going twelve and zero. So you know they're not going to leave out a twelve and zero Clemson team uh, out of the playoff. But you know it just kind of we we'll see how good the coaches Dabo and all these guys are because we hear how good they are. But
0: um, they've got all the tools. Let's just see them play a little bit better. I think real quick. I would- <laughs> Quick caveat, even if they lose to Georgia out of the game, they have all year to build up that resume again. So, Absolutely. So I think it's it's basically a 99.9% chance they're in the Final Four just because of that. And they're probably going to get
4: a good team in the uh, ACC final between UNC or Miami. One of those two is going to have a good season, so they're going to get that nice win to have that resume even more. So, yeah, okay. that, it does – and i think that's really what's unfair to georgia this year is Georgia's going to have to do the round robin with alabama and clemson and probably one of them twice and uh that's why you look at their futures for national titles and i think it's kind of a you gotta make sure you factor that in
2: they're gonna lose the georgia boys yeah like i'm taking georgia i like georgia i i locked it in already i'm sticking with my what i said jt daniels is gonna take them i think undefeated I threw a little pizza money on the Heisman. I think Georgia can get them. I think there's a slip-up game, too. I really do. NC State could be a slip-up game. I'm going back to Pitt. They're going into Pitt. I think that game, not saying they're going to lose that game, but I think that game's tighter. I think there's, and again, like Jason said, injury. If there's an injury there, they're in some trouble. I'm taking, I'm giving, I, I, I personally said 11 wins, they'll lose to Georgia, but man, I could see another slip up game 10 and two could be coming, but they're, they're dominant. They're very good. Matt said it They're They're, they just reload. They reload. I mean, it's, it's, we've talked about it. It's it's like four or five teams that just reload every year and they're right there. So I'm glad they're expanding on it. That's, we'll have that conversation at a later time, but Georgia gets them week one go Bulldogs, but they're going to be very good. Clemson's a good team.
4: The only other team I could see that could even give them a game is if Wake gets lucky and gets out of the gate like 14 to nothing and LA has a bunch of turnovers and this Wake out scores them for the rest of the game. That's that's literally – their schedule is actually really nice in the second half. Pitt's really the only game where you look at it and say, okay, they're on the road second week in a row, go into a cold environment against a, a team that's going to blitz the hell out of them. So um, that's really it. It's a it's, it's pretty easy schedule for a team that's good. All right, boys, that is the
3: ACC Atlantic. You guys covered ACC Coastal uh, while I was away on a trip. So thank you for covering that, boys. Excellent job. Um, So the last conference for us is Big 12, and we will get that out in the next few days. But that is all I have.
2: Um, Hey, Q, real quick, do you like the new logo? I love it. You like the new I love it. So guess what? A lot of people like, some, they love the new logo. So if you need a new logo, the man's Joe Butera. Joe Butera Designs on Instagram. If you need a new logo for business to a podcast, this guy has all your answers. Check out Joe Butera and Joe Butera Designs on Instagram.
3: There you go. Love the shout out. Again. We had John Kondo on earlier. Shout out to him. Shout out to his foundation uh, that he helps spread. We'll get that link out. Shout out to our logo. Uh, and it's the designer. Follow him on Instagram. Good. Shout that out one more time.
2: Yeah. Joe Butera designs, Joe Butera designs. He is the man. And I'll tell you the thing man. great to have a PO. There's been some great athletes that came out of Phillipsburg and representing Philsburg, so that was a special show for me um and again knowing the family uh knowing his dad his dad was a wonderful man that passed away um just i i my dad and his dad were really close and did they were school teachers but they did some a lot of, they did like a paint company and a lot of us uh john and his brothers and myself did a lot of jobs for them and still when i do a paint job in my house you know, my dad will call me and give me advice, but I still have his dad's, um, some of his comments and uh, uh, thoughts on paint jobs. So um, it was great to have him on because that family means a lot to me and their class act. And so it represented Philsburg very well.
3: Well, like I said, we'll get him on and talk NFL in the coming weeks. That's all I got for tonight, boys. Like I said, Big 12 is next. It's the final college football power five preview and then we're back in the saddle for week zero and week one um, of the nfl and college and uh it'll it'll transition back to more weekend uh weekly game analysis so all right boys if you don't have anything else we're gonna end this one on a solid note
1: thanks for listening to the notebook wagering podcast Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.